Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Doing great. How are you? Hanging in there. Awful. Morning, Nico. Awful. Awful. Do you need some coffee? It was good to see you in the flesh, Mako. It was good to see you, but my coffee machine is broken. Oh, no. No, it's like... Oh. Well, you can make some tea, can't you? I made some tea. I had to hand grind. I had to use the grinder and use the AeroPress this morning. I was very disappointed. Aww. It's involved. I just tried a new uh, espresso machine. We got well, hopefully little... it's as good as it as as all the work that went into it. <laughs> some, yeah, the effort come out in the face. It's the last thing I needed to buy right now. <laughs> I tried a new espresso machine, 
and it was nice to have a like an americano at home which was that was kind of a treat i know yeah i know my husband does is all into the pour over these days that's all he does is pour over coffee yeah i like the chemex i have one of those they're great yeah i feel like i have like three different methods for making coffee which probably says something about my uh need for backup plans if any one of those options does not work for some reason good morning mark good morning melissa morning everyone okay kind of getting there i know several people are going to probably pop in here still how are you guys doing really good it's a it's a really nice weekend so yeah really good how are you doing good it was a busy week uh we're a really busy it was a, a busy week because of fun things as well as because of work um so i i had i got the i got to go to um star wars night so i did that on may the 4th at disneyland so that was a lot of fun it was a late night and then uh, I went and saw Doctor Strange on Thursday night. So I feel like I had like a really fun week, but then my Friday was pretty intense as I made up for taking that time. We, we may have to talk about Doctor Strange. I saw it last night. How was There's a it? lot of opinions. Huh. That's just that we should just get a separate room and we could just hash it out. My <laughs> husband has a lot of opinions about it too. There's a lot to say. Not. Not a fan. Not uh -oh. a fan. No, don't say anything uh -oh. yet. I'm gonna watch it this way. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. I just was curious what your take was. Moon Knight was better. I'm not gonna say anything. Um. Oh wow. You should. Yeah. It, there is an I, again. It's a. It's a big movie. There's a lot there. It is worth seeing it. And it is worth, in my opinion, seeing it in the theater because of all of the, just the visual effects. Um, but we, yes, next week we can, we can all, you know, break <laughs> down all it. the Marvel stuff without spoiling the movie for anybody. Right. Definitely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we're after the hour here. I know a few more people might trickle in here, but hello, everyone. And thank you for taking time out on your Saturday to join us here at Clubhouse. And I'm Tamara White, and I'm here with Kelly White. We're the hosts of the official Learning to Lead Clubhouse. And we meet every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 Pacific Standard Time. And we built this clubhouse as a forum where we could talk about all things leadership. Certainly, it's something we all enjoy and think about and talk with others about. And we'd like to get in here and talk about the challenges, the achievements and everything in between, or as I'd refer to the good, the bad and the ugly. And there's leaders of all levels and industries that come in here and bring a broad diversity of leadership experience and perspectives. So whether you're an entry level leader, learning your way or your seasoned executive, we're all here to share our sage advice, our tips, our resources. Um, we have a great topic today, and um, I'm going to go through a few real quick housekeeping items. Uh, again, we encourage everyone to follow our, our, our clubhouse and um, also follow others that are in the room, too, as this can build your network. Um, also, encourage you to invite other leaders that may benefit from this type of a forum where they can learn from other leaders and talk about challenges and ask questions. There's a box at the bottom, a little box uh, with an arrow that points up. If you can, if you click on that, you can share the clubhouse as we're in here today. I encourage other people to other people to come in and hear the great dialogue going on. 
And you also have the capability in that box to invite others that are following you here in Clubhouse as well. So they might be able to come in and again, get into a great conversation. Um, we welcome everybody on the stage and encourage you to participate in the conversation. There's a couple ways to communicate with us and that is you can private DM us or you can chat with us another couple of ways. There's a kite at the bottom right of your um, screen that you can uh, message us as well as a chat feature on the bottom left. And we also encourage you not to miss out on the recaps or the replays. Take advantage of these in our, we will post these in LinkedIn and also on our Substack website where you can listen to, to any session you might have missed. Um, let's see, so, so and also with the Substack website, we also encourage you to, to um, subscribe to it so you'll always get notifications and know what's going on. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to Kelly so she can get us going. All right, thank you for that. Um, and a reminder, I think Tamara said this, but I'll say it again. On Substack, I usually will share the link on um, on LinkedIn, but we do have the replay of this. So um, you can always access replays directly within Clubhouse. So if you, if you go into Learning Lead, the actual official Clubhouse, you'll see all of our events and all the replays available. And then we will also share this on Substack. So um, if you enjoy a conversation and you think someone else would benefit, feel free to share it with them. We always appreciate that. So as we kind of talk about, we're, we're kind of into a new series today, um, continuing from last week, which is really this idea of, you know, planting seeds for success. And as we continue that conversation today, you know, we're going to kind of rehash a little bit of what we talked about last week, which was really about defining success for yourself and really grounded in understanding what your values are. So we're going to build a little bit on that and really go more into, you know, how do you think about values as it pertains to leadership? And this is really about a, a personal kind of reflection. This is, you know, this series is really about better understanding who you are and what matters to you as a leader versus really the next step, how you apply that and take action with those around you or teach those around you. So this is really a lot about inner work, self-reflection. And as we think about, you know, value-based leadership, which is really leading from a place that is supported and foundationally connected to what's important to you as a leader, which again, as we talk about understanding that, we, we will talk a lot about the, the different aspects of value-based leadership and the practices that we can do to build um, more understanding of ourselves and our, our, what's our, what our values truly are as it connects to success. And so I'm going to go into a little bit of kind of what that means. And, and we'll talk a lot about going back to values. We'll talk a lot today about building awareness. There are five practices. I'll, I'll list those out um, throughout the session today. But building awareness is going to be a key point of the discussion today uh, as a key, a key point to understanding ourselves better. But before we get into that, I always do like to remind everyone that as we think about even building awareness, self-reflection is really an important practice. And we always go through this at the top of our meeting, which we round table to what is one word that really summarizes how your week went. Um, and we talk a lot about journaling and the power of journaling in this group as well. This is a really simple way of even getting started there. Just one word and reflect on what really happened last week, how you felt, how it went, what you learned, um, and just one word to capture, capture what happened. And then look at that trend over time so that you're paying attention to you know, what you're learning, how things are going as a reminder that we will always have peaks and valley, valleys and there will be lessons in every single point um, within that journey. So I'm going to kick it off with Mako. I already gave you my word. I got no espresso today. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you're, you're, you're caffeine depleted today. So we, we're going to hopefully send you some good energy that your tea will do the, the job or 
you'll get yourself uh, some caffeine at some point. Mark. Uh, I'll go with balanced. Uh, had some good social time with some friends uh, this week. Uh, even some on this uh, channel. Yeah, who? Yes, definite. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it was really good to actually have some good FaceTime with these uh, awesome people. And then, uh, you know, it's one of those work hard, play hard. Uh, types of weeks, especially with Star Wars uh, being such a big thing this week and Marvel film. So it's pretty well balanced. Um, yeah, good week. Sounds great. Yes, I relate very much. Melissa. Uh, I'm going to go with happiness. Uh, I got to fly down to Colombia since last Monday to be with my parents. Today is my mom's birthday. So, uh, you know, having working from here, but, you know, pretty happy to be with my family. It, really, it, it helps to keep me balanced and to understand priorities in life. So, so yeah, happiness for me. That's fantastic news. I'm so glad you're able to spend time with your family. Happy birthday to your mom. Um, and again, I think, you know, we've talked a lot and we talk a lot about values and it's great that we're in a place where there's more understanding about, to your point, even going to visit your family and should you need to work from there or take time off, but be able to have extended time, you know, that's where it's work from anywhere and being able to embrace the flexibility and do the things you want to do. So I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. And great, great to hear that your word of the week is happiness. Chad, good morning. Good morning. I would say maybe just discovery. Um, just a few weeks into the new new gig. And uh, just this week, I actually got to meet my one of my bosses live in person, which was kind of fun. And I was reminded that it's it's amazing the the difference in communication between live and in person and uh, through the Zoom screen. Absolutely, yes, I can completely relate to that one as well. It's it's very interesting, um, but I think it helps us value both sides of that, both the remote flexibility as well as those moments in time of being face to face. I'm glad to hear that you were able to connect with your your leader in that way because it is a good important point for also kind of building relationships in those points in time. Tamara. This week I would use the word connection. I, to, this is the week that I returned back to work after being gone for six weeks after a surgery. And it was a uh, you know it's always really interesting when you return to find out, you know, that you know, there, that you do have this really um, incredible impact on other people. And it was really uh, nice to get back in with my team and and to, to get back in and be able to support the organization. So connection was a big one for me this week. That's great. Yeah. And again, it's it's those moments of, again, as we very much in the theme of today is is awareness and sometimes seeing yourself differently and understanding who you are and the value you have and where that comes from. And in those points in time, when you do step back or you, you have to step back from your role for any number of reasons, then coming back into it and it kind of gives you a fresh perspective on both your value and impact, but also yourself in general and kind of being able to see, you know, what you're learning from that as well, which is very much all parts of the conversation that we're going to be having today. So I'm actually not going to be very original here. And I'm actually going to use the same word that Mark used, um, balanced. I had a, definitely a work hard, play hard week as well, celebrating Star Wars and going into Doctor Strange. Um, and then had some very busy, busy, very productive meetings that I had and days at work that I had to run. Um, so it left me feeling you know, very tired, I would say, by, by Friday night, I felt like I had uh, a very dynamic week with a lot going on, but I looked back and had a lot of really fun things that I was doing for myself, that I was having 
you know, these times to go out and just enjoy things that were happening in the world and with fun content that we get to be a part of, but also equally spent a lot of time focusing on, you know, one-on-ones and spending time with my team and taking care of meetings and having really important discussions and really taking a lens at where does my time need to go, both from a work perspective, but also ensuring that I carve out and make time to have fun as well. So it was very much a, a bit of a balancing act, but I look back and had a great week and um, felt like I accomplished a lot, but also had a lot of fun along the way. So with that, we're going to jump into our topic for today. So as I mentioned, you know, we we really started to talk about this idea of of really what is what does it mean to think about planting the seeds for success? And these are seeds that really you're planting within yourself. It's understanding how you're investing in yourself. And as we talk about many you know many times within even this group, spending one hour on a Saturday to to really think about your leadership journey, to learn for yourself and to teach others. These are these are seeds that you're planting. This is time that you're spending. But we know that really part of success is first understanding and defining what success means for you. And that was a big part of our discussion last week. And I'll share the recap. Um, I'll share a, ref- a link to the, the recap from last week and this week's in this week's uh, recap as well. And a lot of what we're kind of digging into is is part of a book that I also included in the resources last week, which is called Inner Will. And it's these ideas of, you know, setting setting goals for yourself and investing in those goals, but ensuring that those goals are really tied to things that you value. And we spent a lot of time last week talking about, you know, how it's very easy to start to chase and try to seek specific um, you know, vectors or levers or lenses on on success that may not actually make you happy. They may not actually give you what you're seeking if you don't really understand your values and they're not aligned with your values. So for today, you know, again, we're going to continue to talk about this, but, you know, as we think about practices for really understanding and leading from a place of values and, and grounded in that for self-success, it's really there's kind of five practices that we'll be digging into one is this idea of building awareness. This will be a big topic for today. The second is realizing potential. The third is developing relationships. The fourth is taking action. And the fifth is practicing reflection. So we hit on that a little bit with our, our themes that we do kind of word of the week. But it's really important. Again, I'm going to say it frequently, and I'm sure it'll be a big, big kind of overarching recurring theme here is we really have to start with understanding what what success is for us and really what are our values. And there's a big connection that we'll be hitting on today about values and beliefs. And it's, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of say, I I don't know if anybody's seen this, but Jim Carrey's well known um, for giving really inspirational speeches. And he's someone that has attained a lot of success. He's very well known, very, very much a celebrity and very wealthy and had a lot of success, but he has spent a lot of time recently you know, talking a lot about success, this idea of success and what it meant for him in understanding who he really was, but also really unpacking what success really is, very much core to this conversation. And it, I'll include some references in the recap this week. He has a, a, several amazing speeches that anybody should watch, that really inspirational, very thought-provoking. But there was a quote that I'm going to not specifically you know, do correctly to what he saw, but to, to paraphrase. Kelly, I have it. Kelly, I have it here. I can read it for you. Okay, go for it. It's, uh, he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed, that they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. 
Thank you. Yeah. So it's like at the core, you know, we, we often seek and chase and aspire to attain specific things. But if we don't know why it is that we're seeking those things and really understand who we are and what we care about, we might find that at the end of that, that, that journey, when we attain everything in that perfect situation, we still aren't happy. Right. And, and I will tie it very quickly back to, you know, again, there's a moment that has happened for all of us as this pandemic happened and it forced a lot of us to stop and to slow down and the busyness of life was stripped away and there was no more hustle and bustle and it required us to really see our lives in a different way. And I think that what goes back to, and again, I always credit Mako on the re great realignment. So people talk about the great resignation, but it's about realignment is that people starting to actually see what's really important in our life. And even to Melissa, your point about, you know, spending time with family, right? Really understanding what are the things that truly bring you happiness and ensuring that you're giving them your time. So I definitely will not just be talking at the, at the group the entire time. I definitely want to learn from everybody, but I'm going to go through a couple of different different topics here to start to spur some thinking beyond beyond this idea of success and values. And I want to dig into the idea of building awareness. So really, when we think about this fundamentally, to understand values, to understand success, to define these things for ourselves, we have to really understand who we are. And that means that you become more self-aware and understand it can define that. So often I, I like to talk to different people and I've done it for myself, which is when someone asks you who you are, think about how you answer that question. What does it start with? Does it start with where you work? Does it start with whether you're um, a son, a daughter, a mother, a father? Does it start with you're a friend? Does it start with a flaw? Does it start with a hobby? What does it start with? And starting to understand even just as a practice, answer that question for yourself and start to look at that answer on paper and see how you feel about it. And does this really truly reflect who you are? But also start to really then dig into understanding better. What are your strengths? What do you think your weaknesses are? Where do you struggle? What are your challenges? What are the things that maybe you are afraid of doing. And fear is a really powerful driver that can be tied to a lot of core beliefs and things that we've learned in life as we thought about or we experience life in general. But the goal of building awareness is to understand who we are, which ultimately is the impact on our behaviors, how we show up in the world and how we interact with others and how we react to situations. So as we start to kind of take a a lens at looking at this and understanding who we are, there's a couple of really important, again, practices here is number one, I'll, I'll foundationally say these things change. We talked about experiences a lot last week, who you are in your twenties versus who you are when you're 60 might be diff very different people. Life experience may shape you in ways that, that really start to impact how you define who you are based on those life experiences. But my hope is by having these conversations for anyone who might be earlier in their career or younger, that they can start now and understand that you don't wake up when you're 50 or when you're retired and all of a sudden you have all the answers. This is a continuous journey of self-exploration. And it's really about understanding those values, understanding style, understanding beliefs. So as we think about understanding our values, I love this, this analogy that, that Tamara put together in, in, in prep for this conversation. So when you think about your values and your style from like your personality and how it connects to beliefs. 
think about it as a house. So if you think about a house, your behavior, right, how you show up in the world and how you react to different things is the exterior. The personality might be the rooms of the house. The values are our floors of the house, but the beliefs are the foundation. That's what everything is built upon. So when we really start to think about this, it's this idea that that these things are all very interconnected. And I really want to spend a lot of time, you know, going into this idea of of beliefs, because beliefs being the foundation of everything that we're doing, I think these are conversations that just don't happen, right? We might be asked by a leader or a mentor or a personal board of directors about our goals. And, and someone might ask, tell me what your goals are. What are your career aspirations? What do you, what do you want to achieve? And these can sometimes be very daunting questions to answer. And it may, the default answer may be to attain a certain title or to manage a certain team or a certain number of people instead of really understanding sometimes what it is that we really care about and really what our beliefs are and what our values are and what's really important to us. You know, if you think about it as an example of, you know, often one of the things that I know I spend a lot of time talking about is, you know, when I think about a, a big part of what I value in, in my life and in balance is, is having freedom, having freedom to do what I, we just talked about, having some fun while also working really hard. So if I don't feel like I have the room to have some freedom in my life to do the things that I really want to do, then I start to feel anxious or angry or frustrated. And these are all points of me understanding, you know, really what's important to me. So I really want to spend this time for a minute, you know, really thinking about, you know, beliefs and challenge all of you to really think about your beliefs and how do you name your beliefs and how do you tie your beliefs to your values? Because this is hard work. This requires a lot of self-reflection. I know many people on this, on this, in this group spend time doing this, you know, be it writing for ourselves or journaling or reading books. And I hope that everybody understands that this is not easy work and it's not to be minimized and it's not going to be just done. Once you do it one time, you're done, check the box, but it's about really understanding it and understanding how your behaviors are, are reflecting a belief system or a value system. So I don't want to talk at you constantly, but I do want to jump into, if we think about beliefs, um, first, I guess I will actually open it to the room since I've, I've said a lot and I've thrown a lot at you already. When I think about this idea of values foundationally supported by beliefs, I would love to open it to the room if anybody, of course, has thoughts on anything that I brought up already, but if there's things that specifically come to mind on how you have thought about your own belief system and how that is connected to your values, and maybe points in time where those have been in conflict or those have changed, um, or you've seen them as something that needed to change, because often beliefs can be something that, that has been formed or shaped based on you know, things that we've been taught. Maybe we think that we're not good at something because we failed at it one time. Maybe we believe that we have a bit of where I think imposter syndrome comes from is very much beliefs. Something has taught us, be it a teacher, a family member, you know, someone that we interact with, a friend has taught us that we're not good enough for something. We're not good enough to be in a certain role. That's for someone else. So these are where beliefs can be quite negative in telling us who we are or who we are not. And we have to sometimes break those beliefs. So I'll pause reactions, thoughts, how you think about, you know, this idea of beliefs in conjunction with your values. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, hi, I'm Tazy. I'm in Los Angeles and just enjoying my coffee this morning. 
I think I, for me personally, my beliefs are sometimes embedded deep in my unconscious. And I had a breakthrough this last week, which was carried by the emotion of fear to the surface. And I worked it and worked it. And it came out. And I feel like I've leveled up in my little video game of this thing I call life. So sometimes we're not aware of the beliefs that we carry around in us. But um, it's been a fascinating journey to unpack. I was getting really sick of this journey, actually. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, another opportunity for growth. But it it came to the surface, and it actually, the, the gift it brought with it after understanding that the belief was embedded in childhood and could be um, acknowledged and dismissed, I really feel like my whole world has changed. No, but I, I do feel leveled up, and it was a gift. So there's those beliefs that we carry about ourselves that were embedded from um, childhood roles that we played. I think that's where I'll leave it. So thank you for the room, and thanks for inviting me up. And I yield the mic. That was really, really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And I completely agree with you that often when we look at our beliefs, it you know, if we keep digging and it can be hard work and it can be tiring when we keep digging, we do often find that there's some some message that we received at some point, likely from childhood. You know, these things get ingrained early in us. So the more that we can start to see it and understand the root where it came from and then ask ourselves, you know, is this true? Is this something that I still believe to be true, you know, based on what I know now, you know, and I can see it through a different perspective. Melissa, I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, uh, and to that point, Kelly, I wanted to say, for me, beliefs and values have to be ever-changing, uh, just to the, due to the fact that we are learning every day. We learn about different communities. We learn about different people. We learn how to accept different people. And based on that, and people being open, open to be educated, it's a way for us to keep growing and being more uh, grown up, more sure about those beliefs and values. Uh, uh, for me, beliefs and values always have to be based on the respect to everyone and to the, on the respect that everybody can be uh, any way they want and, and the freedom they have. Uh, I wasn't like that 30 years ago. I had a different total, totally type of thought. Uh, 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 but uh, that's what I say, beliefs are ever changing and they have, um, people have to be open to be able to grow up with them. Uh, and just, uh, you mentioned before as well, beliefs and work uh, and values and work. That's one of the reasons I love what I do right now, where I am. Because uh, that company we work for, for example, is a company we can align our values and our beliefs with our knowledge. And I think that's pretty important when trying to lead a team, when trying to lead other people to know that the company is open to our own beliefs and values and being able to grow with them and grow our teams as well. Yeah, Melissa, that's, you know, that's such an important point. Um, you know, multiple things that you said there, you know, because, and, and I'll, I'll speak to the last one that you said, because I think you know, often, again, when we think about, you know, uh, success, you know, sometimes success will be you know, making a certain amount of money or attaining, attaining a specific title. And I think what you just hit on is really important. When you, when you think about, when anyone thinks about taking on a job, even at a different company, taking on a role, it's really not only looking at the job and looking at the role and looking at the salary and all those different factors is asking the question that you just hit on. Does this company align with my values? You know, what is it going to look like for me day to day? Am I going to be able to 
continue to lead uh, from a place that is aligned with my values and my beliefs, or is there, are they going to be in conflict? And that's when you can have a real, a very real struggle with being your authentic self and this idea of value-based leadership. If you are in a place that does not support these, you know, what you value and the way that you want to live and the, and what your beliefs are. And it's a really important reminder that we have to look at those things and we have to go deeper than, than the job description. We have to go deeper than the different surface level ideas or, you know, what's going to be offered to us and start to, and we've talked a lot about even interviewing in the past this, in these groups, you know, interviewing for success, what that looks like. These are the things that you have to unpack when you're considering a role or considering a change for yourself is how do you get the insight to truly understand what that company values, both what they say externally, but also understanding the team that you're going to be working with, the leader that you're going to be working with, what the inner culture is of that, that company. Is that going to be in alignment with you? Because when those are in conflicts, that creates a very challenging situation and ultimately will impact, you know, well, again, if you think about the definition of success, you know, very important factors of success. Um, so I think it's, it's such a fantastic point. I'll pause. If there's any other thoughts, anyone wants to share this idea of beliefs and values. Can I just, just uh, give a brief little side story on that? Um, the company I currently work at, one of the, the things that came up during the interview process that actually was an indicator to me that we would be in alignment was the, the topic of bonus came up. And, and I'm like, how is that calculated? And they said, well, 50% is based on company performance. And the other 50% is based on how all of your coworkers rate you in your interactions with them, which I'm like, all righty then. You are a company I can work with. And that's um, such a powerful point and so such a great example for the conversation today around, you know, building awareness, because, you know, as we as we think about this idea of understanding your beliefs and understanding your values, part of this is also making sure that you really take the time to reflect and really practice self-reflection, but also take a hard look at what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and really welcoming feedback. And so when you say, you know, this company, you know, gave you that, that insight into how they calculate bonus, right? That can be very jarring for a lot of people. That can create a lot of anxiety because it can feel like a lot of your success is now, you know, in the hands of others, right? Which can be scary at times, but to your point, it actually fosters a culture that is about working together and supporting each other and having honest conversations and giving feedback to each other, which ultimately I do believe leads to much more successful teams. So it's, it's an important point on really unpacking and getting comfortable with feedback because, you know, for me to say to you all, you know, there's an important point in building awareness, which is practicing self-reflection, which might be again, asking yourself some of those questions. Think about your house and think about those rooms and think about your foundation and your floors as we think about that analogy. And what does your house look like? What is it made up of? You know, who are you? If you do the mirror exercise and just ask yourself, who are you? How do you describe yourself? What it, who are you when you think about all the different parts of yourself and strip away each piece of, of that answer and start to ask yourself who you are? And are you truly, uh, you know, feeling like you're reflected in the way that you feel like is aligned? But also, in order for me to say, go understand your strengths and weaknesses, 
that can be kind of hard, especially weaknesses can be very easy blind spots for us. Sometimes, depending on belief systems, you might also have really strong um, areas of strength that you diminish or you ignore because, again, maybe you're taught that humility is the most important thing for you to reflect. So therefore, you should never lean into any of your strengths and you should not, you know, you know, should not be bold about your strengths because that's that's not that's arrogance and that's something you should not do. So, again, these questions come up, but feedback can be one of the most powerful areas for us to truly understand how we are perceived and help us better understand our own self. So what I wanted in this in this kind of last portion of it is I really want to spend time on the idea of feedback. I love this quote that, that Tamara included from Greg McCain, leading without feedback is like driving home with the dashboard covered. So there's so many different inputs that we can get that can help us be more successful, but also help us better under, understand ourselves. But it does require an element of vulnerability in welcoming feedback. And I really want to, to ask the group, and I'm going to open it to the floor. I want to really know, you know, how you welcome feedback, how you gather feedback, who do you gather it from? Is it something that you don't do? And are there reasons that you don't do it? And, and maybe some fears around it. But I think there's some areas here that I would just, as I start to have you think about that, there's ideas around, you know, what is feedback and how we think about the important aspects of receiving feedback is, of course, listening. Listening to hear, not listening to speak. If we don't listen, we can't really understand what others are saying to us. We can't really help them be heard or understood. And we might miss the lesson in that. And really the idea that at the core of feedback is having open, transparent conversation with others and being open to, again, the, the fear that may come from welcoming feedback, especially if we're not used to doing it or we're not used to receiving it. And, and knowing that, you know, I want to say, of course, and, and many of us in different parts of our career journey may have experienced this or leadership journey, which is sometimes fear, feedback can be very challenging because someone might give us feedback that's really feels completely out of alignment with who we see ourselves to be, who we perceive ourselves to be. And maybe there's reasons that person might be giving us feedback that we don't actually believe, that we don't think this is a trusted source. Maybe we just feel completely like that is, that is being driven from other factors that doesn't feel like it's really about us. That's going to happen. People are human. They might give you feedback that's far more about their own belief systems and what they're, what they're perceiving than it is about you. But there's a lesson in every point of feedback that we get. And the more that we can step back from the emotional aspect of feedback to hear what's really going on and to receive the lesson within it, the really powerful way for us to better understand, again, our strengths, our weaknesses, and who we are. So, you know, feedback is a great teacher. You know, feedback from a, from a data perspective can help us really understand our goals and how we're getting to those goals. Feedback really serves those goals and helps us pay attention to, again, it might be multiple sources of information coming to us. And ultimately, feedback really is about focusing our attention. So I, I want to pause there because I would love to ask the group a couple of things. Number one, you know, do you welcome feedback? Would you say that's something that's kind of happening already for you? But also, how do you, how do you welcome or solicit feedback? Is it something that you're doing and there are things that have worked for you in the past? And, and I, I want to remind everybody that Feedback isn't just about what's happening in your career. It's not just about your boss giving you feedback. It's not just about your annual review cycles. That may be one point of feedback, 
but there are many other points of feedback, family, friends, your personal board of directors, we talk about that concept a lot. You know, where are you gathering feedback from? What does that look like for you? What are the practices that you use to gather feedback from those around you? So I'll pause there. I'd love to hear from the room. Kelly, I think to that point, uh, hello? Yes, we got you. We can hear you. We can, we can hear ah, you. Correcto, my mm -hmm. internet went down. I think to that point, feedback is very important. And, 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 at least for me, I think a good leader will always have to get that feedback. I mean, that, that's how we grow. Uh, that's something like on my one-on-ones, at the end of my one-on-one, I, I was asked my direct report, okay, so what do you feedback for me? How can I keep growing? Same thing with my family. When I meet with them, okay, so how are things doing? How can we keep growing? Because that's the only way for us to realize how we are perceived by other people. Because, you know, one perception is the one that I have about my surrounding, but the real one is going to be coming from other people that, that I love, the people that I love, that I listen to. So feedback is always good. And I think going to the last point, that's a way for us to be ever-changing, for our values to keep growing and changing based on that feedback as well. Yeah, that's I love all of that, Melissa, and, and so well said, because, I again, I think it is, you know, really looking at it from a place of of growth and being open to it. And, and I think we all have to embrace that, you know, we're not always going to receive positive feedback, right? We're not always going to get feedback that says, you're doing great, just keep doing it. Sometimes you're going to get that. But the more that we can actually embrace, again, it, feedback from a place of honesty, of vulnerability, of being able to say, okay, uh, I want to really hear the feedback from a place of learning and growth is really powerful. And that's when it can actually be a beneficial tool for us to truly grow. Bernice, did you want something you wanted to add as well? Oh, hi. Good morning. Sorry, I was having some trouble uh, getting myself off. <laughs> no problem. Good morning. One, good morning. One exercise I went through... Uh, recently relatively uh, was uh, a discover lab so uh, along the lines of values um, there was a very small thing you could do just send an email to people and to your point uh, kelly diversify your audience and just send them you know can you share with me three words that come to mind when you think of my name you think of me and i did that it took me what five minutes to send it over and the feedback that i was getting was eye-opening in the sense that I could see themes of how people perceive me that you don't necessarily think about yourself when you think about what are your strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and, and, and so on. So I thought that that was amazing. And it took me just five minutes and gathered those thoughts, kind of compile them, look at the topics or, or the themes that I was getting from them was very, very useful to self-reflect on, on how I'm perceived and, and, you know, how are those strengths part of my portfolio really when I think about those holistically. That is such a fantastic uh, exercise. And to your point, so easy, um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time, but can be incredibly enlightening. And again, because I think what you're hitting on, you know, as we're talking about this idea of, of how we are perceived, sometimes the hardest feedback can, you know, that we can receive will sometimes be someone perceiving us that feels like it's out of alignment with who we really are. Right. And really, we have to then challenge ourselves on, well, why is that happening? What do we think is going on there? And is there some something that we are doing as far as the way we're reacting to something or is there something else that we can go on and have a different conversation with that individual and the way that we show up around around others? And I know that we we are talking today very much about self. We're talking about 
self-awareness and building awareness and really the focus on understanding ourselves better. But this is also, I definitely want to say with exercises like what you just, you just mentioned, as well as what Melissa brought up, when you do that, you also are sending an indicator out to the people around you that this is something that normalizes also them asking the same question that normalizes people saying, maybe I should seek feedback. Maybe I should start to have the conversations because, you know, as Tamara and I were prepping for this, this conversation today, you know, we kept coming back to the fact that these are not conversations that, that people have quite frequently. You might have these with friends or, you know, you might have different people that think this way, but I know definitely if we think about leadership, which is often attached very much to, to careers or the jobs that we do, you know, these are, these are unspoken, all the things that we're talking about here. And I, I was thinking about this idea of values and beliefs. And, and I was thinking about, you know, often I've, I've worked with specific leaders or I gravitated towards specific teams. And those are often because I, I am in tune or aligned with the values that that team or that leader, you know, ascribes to and demonstrates. But the more that I can look at that and actually name what is bringing me towards that, what is actually, you know, what, why I'm gravitating there with more specificity, the more that I can better understand who I am. And the same thing, if I understand who I am to the point of feedback, uh, constantly recalibrating. So if I really believe that, you know, being honest is a, is a core value that I have, honesty, integrity is really important. But if I go to someone and I ask for feedback and they say that, I'm not being open enough with them that I'm not, you know, communicating with them enough or that they don't feel like they understand what's happening around them. I have to really look at myself and say, okay, you know, is that being perceived that, you know, that person seeing me as, as not being honest or not being open or not being transparent. And, and those are things that again, give good indicators for recalibrating. And, and again, so I love that exercise and something that I'll include in our, in our recap as well, but a very easy way for us to welcome feedback. I will pause there. Any other thoughts on how you have collected or welcomed or gathered feedback for yourself? I would love to share. I am loving this conversation. My name is Karen Robinson. I love, love, love this conversation. And thank you for allowing me on the stage as we're talking about feedback. The thing that I thought about is perception determined reception. The way people perceive us determine the way they will receive us. So I love, love this a few things that I do. First of all, there's three people that are three sets of types of people that I ask for feedback. First of all is the expert because my experts are the people that help me grow up. They help me elevate myself. So I ask for feedback from the experts. I also ask for feedback from my peers because they help me grow out. The experts help me grow up. The peers help me grow out because that's where our networking takes place. But then I also ask my protege because they help me grow down. They help me stay rooted. And the questions that I ask them, I'm a woman of faith. So the questions that I usually ask is, first of all, is who do you say that I am? And then the next question is, who do men say that I am? Who do the people say that I am? Because oftentimes people don't tell us honestly what they think, but they tell the people around us. So I ask people, who do you say I am? And who do people say that I am? Or who do men or the people around you say that I am? Say that I am? And that helps me as well. I ask, and then the other way that I gather feedback is by observation. I watch. Are people leaning in? Their body language tell me a whole lot. Are they through with the conversation? Are they finished? Uh, are they turning away? Are they looking at their phone? So not just by word of mouth, but even their actions. I gather feedback from the actions of people as well. 
This is Karen and I yield my mic. Thank you, Karen. That was all incredible, um, incredible perspective on, on thinking about feedback and, and great recommendations. And I love the idea of the grow up, grow out and grow down from the, the different people that you gather feedback from, as well as the questions. I think those are powerful questions. Is, and I love it because I, I, I do work in product development. And so quite frequently, a lot of what uh, I do from a, from a work perspective is this idea of gathering feedback from consumers or users, whoever your audience is for the what product. And what you hit on completely resonates, which is the idea of people may say something to you, right? People might say they want something, but they actually want something very different, right? They might say they're going to do something, but they might behave in actuality differently. So people might give you feedback, but it may not actually be really the, the open and honest feedback. And so we have to take multiple indicators in to actually connect what's really going on. And I love your point on uh, observations because I think body language comes up in multiple settings. And so it, what resonated so much for me in that, in that point was even when you're gathering feedback, so consider in the examples of, you know, Melissa, you hit on one-on-ones. So paying attention in that moment. So you're in a one-on-one -on -one with someone and maybe this is a mentor, maybe this is a peer, maybe this is a leader, maybe this is someone on your team and you're asking for feedback. Pay very close attention to the body language in that conversation as well. So if someone gets maybe visibly uncomfortable or they lean back or they look nervous, that those are all indicators to pay attention to. And that's something that you can take from that conversation that maybe there's you know, more work to do to create an open and trusting and transparent place for that person to feel safe giving you feedback. And that might mean that we need to show a little bit of vulnerability as well, but also openness that we're really truly receptive because often people may ask for feedback, but then in the worst case scenario, they might get defensive. They might not want to hear that feedback. So people have a lot of core beliefs that may challenge how they perceive this conversation around feedback. So I love it. What you said is hit on really thinking about not only what you're hearing, what's being told back to you, but paying attention to how people are showing up physically, how they're reacting to the conversation. And I think feedback in the, in the physical form of these observations can be really powerful also when it comes to just kind of going about your life, thinking about the way that people are interacting around you. So outside of asking for direct feedback, pay attention to how people are responding to you. And I love this example of thinking about this idea of feedback in a work environment. And so I'll, I'll kind of read this example, which is, I think, a, a really interesting way of tying it together in some ways of thinking about situational feedback. So let's say, for example, you're you are quiet. Um, maybe a little distracted in a meeting. Um, you barely say a word. You're not really contributing to the, the discussion. You're just kind of there, but not really engaging. You don't really notice that there's a lot of maybe growing emotions or feelings or irritation and discussions that are happening. And after the meeting, you're pulled aside and you're asked why you don't care about the project. And that question leaves you maybe a little confused, a little flustered, because you didn't realize that by being quiet, you left others feeling that you were disconnected, dismissive, and you left them with a feeling of aggravation. So that's a point of remembering that in that moment, how you were showing up, how you were behaving, where you thought maybe that, you know, you weren't leaning in, you weren't engaging, you know, you weren't really paying attention to this conversation, or maybe you thought that your better, better course of action was to say nothing, but by saying nothing and not engaging, even physically, 
actually sent a very powerful message to everyone around you, which is that you just didn't care. That wasn't just as important to you. So these are important reminders. So thank you, Karen, because I think we sometimes can dismiss how we also show up physically in the world when we think about this idea of feedback. And and all of this, right, is is this idea of of perception. So as we think about awareness, right, we have to understand who we really are, right? Building awareness is about understanding how we unpack values and beliefs and building awareness is about tying those things together, which is in how we show up in the world and understanding that that is again, really hard work. That is not easy work and who we are changes over time. And feedback is one of the best ways, again, for us to really understand those strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, I hear a lot, we talk a lot about, you know, imposter syndrome. And I think it's one of the most powerful indicators for us to really challenge, is there a core belief that no longer serves us, that holds us back? And I, I've mentioned my example in the past, but but I'll say for myself that, you know, I always was in, in specific roles in my career that were far more about kind of supporting, kind of roles where I was supporting other teams and doing great things and helping them deliver you know, amazing projects. But I never perceived myself as a creative person. I just didn't see that self, that something as, as part of my role, that I wasn't there to do that. And I believe that was probably shaped by some of the early roles that I took on. And the way that I would found success was by playing in a very specific box and contributing in a very specific way and seeing that others played the role of creative. Others had the idea and I was just here to support those ideas coming to life. But it was only once I started to actually in very recent years be given the opportunity to challenge that that assumption and by work, you know, being around other people who helped me see that I am creative, that I do have ideas and was given the opportunity to step into those roles and face that fear of am I really a creative person or am I not? And there was a lot of fear in challenging that belief that I had already established. And now I look back at that and I'm so happy that I did challenge that fear because I do see that creativity was something that I had really limited in my own mind. And it has locked so many more opportunities for me and it really has shaped new belief systems in me. So you know, as we talk about this again, this is a journey. These are things that, that our experiences shape, but I, I do want to go back to this idea that you know, we sometimes it means that we have to hear feedback, which helps us challenge core beliefs that maybe no longer serve us, but also helps us face fears. Because often fear is something that we've talked about fear in the past. Fear is often meant to protect us. That's what fear is really at the core about when you think about just the very physical, biological nature of what fear is. It is meant as a safety mechanism to keep us safe from whatever perceived harm is around us. But as we've evolved and as we are in different situations in life, fear often holds us back. And it tells us that it's better to be safe than it is to go after something that may be really very rewarding to us. So as we think about this idea of values, as we think about this idea of beliefs, but ultimately self-awareness, gathering feedback helps us understand how others perceive us, where we need to grow, where we need to challenge some of those core beliefs potentially, but ultimately I think also really challenging challenging our beliefs. And I know we're getting into our last couple of minutes here. And I, I do want to give a quick reminder, you know, as we think about this series of, of, you know, values and ultimately this idea of planting seeds for success. These are the seeds that we plant within ourselves to build success over long term. We're going to be going into a couple of different topics over the next couple of weeks. And next week will be about realizing potential. 
So as we think about defining success, understanding your values, spending the time seeing your beliefs and really understanding your beliefs, today's topic, understanding and building your awareness of yourself, who you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, how you're perceived, unlocks this idea of our potential and being able to realize that, discovering this idea of purpose and thinking about self, ideals, environments, and really stepping into and pursuing this now idea of purpose, which we hear a lot about. But I'm going to pause. We have a few minutes um, left, but I do want to make sure I open it to the floor. I would love to hear if there's any you know, overarching themes that you have, amazing you know, things that might have come up for you as, as we've unpacked this very big topic. Um, and again, we can go anywhere with this. We can go back to values, beliefs, defining success, feedback. Would love to open it to the floor. Any ideas, thoughts, um, and anything you want to share with the room? Um, I'm going to just jump in because I think uh, another thing is that we have to, again, this is really, really hard work. And this is where we have to put our ego aside and we have to really invest in truly understanding who we are because, uh, you know, it's it's deeply seated inside of us, deeply rooted in into, you know, who raised us and who we were exposed to uh, through our youth all the way up into adulthood. And I wanted to kind of throw out a couple of things for folks to consider, you know, to consider doing maybe perhaps after this discussion, after this clubhouse throughout the week or throughout the months to come. But, uh, you know, think about when you feel the most energized, given the connection between your values and emotions, the energy you feel, that's all tied to what's at your core. Another thing is to consider when you're at your worst and when you feel de-energized or frustrated, what saps you. Those are all clues to, to values as, as well, what you don't value. Um, another thing is you might want to reflect on where you spend your time. Where do you spend your money? Values drive behaviors and actions, and they likely reflect these, deeply, the, the, these values deeply as well as beliefs. So there's ways to do that. You can you can track like uh, in a journal, you can do it in a calendar, but sometimes looking back, some people look back in uh, on a weekly basis or they might look back on a, a monthly basis. It can really tell you a lot about yourself, like where you're spending your time. Who are you spending your time with? Who are you hanging out with? Um, and also, you know, part of, of uh, really understanding ourselves is also understanding our blind spots. So to what Kelly was talking about, seeking the feedback from others can also help to reveal what those blind spots are. Um, and then as far as I wanted to kind of go back into the belief piece, pay attention to your emotions, the voice in your head. When you hesitate, uh, listen to the inner monologue so you can find some unfiltered clues about your beliefs and your assumptions. Because these are the ones that are, you know, th these, these are the cues or the values or the things, beliefs, it's limiting beliefs, the assumptions, the interpretations, the stories that lurk below. We're not really aware of it. We may, may be subtly aware of them, but these things are at the, at, again, the foundation of our house. And this is what is going to drive what we, our behavior, drive our responses, our reactions to situations. Just a couple of little tips I wanted to share with the group. I'm going to let turn over and yield the, the mic. So, Tamara, that's a pretty good point. I just wanted to mention as well that based on those beliefs that we have from kids, that's why many of us, we have that unconscious bias that is affecting us to be able to keep growing. And I think that's why it's so important for us as leaders to be able to open up and see the world on an open way, where we can see the differences between 
between people and accept those differences to be able to keep growing it. And I think that's why it's so important, this conversation that we have today. I mean, Tamara Kelly, thank you very much. This has been the most amazing conversation out of the ones I have been. So thank you for bringing this subject today. Thank you. So happy to hear that it's been valuable. And, and thank you, Tamara, for the reminders and grounding us in, in what we can do. And, and one thing that I do want to add, and, and last week, um, I think Mark talked a lot about, you know, when we talked about, you know, defining success for yourself and this idea of visualization, I'm a big fan of, of vision boards and, and visualization as far as kind of what we want to achieve and where we want to go and this idea of whole self um, goals, right? And this is, you know, again, and, and Tamara hit on, you know, a couple of different ways that we can really challenge that and think about, you know, think about that for ourselves. We think about this idea of awareness and where we spend our time and what energizes us, right? This, that idea of, of really calibrating on, you know, what are the things that we are doing that, um, and even to, to kind of, you know, Melissa's, Melissa's example and kind of thinking about the things that are conscious and unconscious, you know, what do we kind of gravitate towards? But also if you haven't done a vision board, if you haven't done some kind of a visualization activity, you can do that physically in something in your home with poster board or whatever you have on hand. You could also do it electronically and just build something on a Pinterest board, for example. And, but pay attention to what you put on that board and pay attention to what, what calls to you, what, 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 and what excites you, what scares you. This is one of the most, I think, powerful ways of indicating, you know, big ambitious goals. And we've talked about this before as well, that, you know, what kind of scares you a little bit, what sounds maybe crazy when you speak it out loud, these are things to pay attention to because they're getting a very real reaction out of you physically. And again, spending the time to really understand who you are, to understand your awareness, understand your goals, you know, really is about helping you carve out a path that's going to really ultimately lead to success for yourself. And it's a really, it's a, and we said it last week, you know, success is very personal. It's really, you know, success means something different to everyone. And if you define success based on what others think it is for you, that's when we get out of alignment. That's why it's really important to really dig into values and beliefs and really understand what we really care about so that we can really ensure that we're showing up and we're doing the things that are going to truly bring us to happiness not some other perceived external validation of what our success and what our life should be. So with that, unless there's any last comments, we will get ready to wrap up the room with a quote. And I appreciate so much everyone joining and all of your amazing thoughts. I have one last thing. I just want everybody to think about the concept of saying, I've got thick skin or telling people to grow thick skin. Because I think that this this concept and these these very deep conversations that we're having about trying to discover who we are, which brings out and transforms who we are. Um, when you think about thick skin, you know, a lot of us go through, you know, life in the different jobs that we're in or even in our just our personal life, getting knocked around, you know, the bloody noses and the black eyes of, of life. And by making the investment and doing the hard work that's where we can, instead of growing thick skin, rather rather understand what's happening in any situation and how we are going to respond to the situation. It's so empowering. It's so transformational. So with that being said, I've got two quotes today for us. Number one is knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. And that's by Aristotle. And lastly, knowing others is wisdom and knowing yourself is enlightenment. And that's by Leo Z. So on that note, thank you for being here. And we hope you all go out and have a great week and lead with compassion and do the work to understand yourself better. Thank you.
Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back next Saturday, same time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.